Blog Talk Radio. All right, sports fans, how's everybody out there doing? William Martin coming at you one more time here on blogtalkradio.com with another edition of the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show. As always, I want to take this time out to thank all of you fine folks out there for tuning in this evening. And as always, the guest call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. And on this wonderful evening of October the 2nd, 2017, I can gladly once again tell the world that Miss Runner's baby boy is back on the air. Well, the regular season in the 2017 Major League Baseball season has come to an end. And we saw some real dominant teams this year as there were three teams that won at least 100 games. And I'm talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Cleveland Indians, And, of course, the Houston Astros. But you know something? It shows you this season, as far as a parody goes, that we had throughout Major League Baseball. Because you look at the New York Yankees. You look at the Minnesota Twins. You look at the Houston Astros. You look at the Arizona Diamondbacks and Colorado Rockies. All of these teams have something in common. They were not in the postseason last year. And with the exception of the Yankees, all of these teams had losing records last year. And in the case of Minnesota, we're talking about a team that lost more than 100 games last year, and now they're postseason bound. But I look at it like this. The playoffs are set to begin tomorrow. Of course, it starts off with the American League wildcard game. But I will say this. It is set up where any one of six teams has a legitimate shot at winning the World Series. And one of those teams is a wildcard team, and I'm going to get to that discussion uh, pretty soon. Now, let's talk about that wildcard game for tomorrow night where you're going to have the New York Yankees hosting the Minnesota Twins. And for the Yankees, they had a very good season. They went 91-71, and unfortunately, for their sake. It was not good enough for them to win the American League East this year as that honor fell into the lap of the Boston Red Sox. But we're going to see Irvin Santana take the mound for the Twins tomorrow night, and he will be facing one Luis Severino. And I'll look at this matchup like this. The Yankees should win. But in a one-game playoff, anything can happen. You look at a twin squad this year. They went 85-77. and 77. They were in second place in the AL Central behind the Indians. And for the Twins, I look at them like this, plain and simple. They come into this postseason playing with house money as they have absolutely nothing to lose. You look at the job that manager Paul Mahler was able to do this year And for my money, he is the AL manager of the year because, granted, I know that the Houston Astros won more than 100 games this year, but Minnesota lost more than 100 games last year. And honestly, 
If you had told me that the Twins would have won 75 games, more or less get a postseason spot, I would have really been shocked here in 2017. But that was what they were able to do. Now, you look at this Twins lineup. They have a veteran who's been to the playoffs before in Joe Maurer at first base. You also have some young talent like Miguel Sano or Eddie Rosario. But this game is going to come down to pitching and how deep can Santana go into the contest and will he be able to limit what the powerful Yankees offense can do. Now, Santana is no uh, newcomer to the postseason. I mean, we've seen him before for years as a member of the Los Angeles Angels, and now he gets an opportunity to do it again. But he has to find a way to go deep into this game to kind of save that Twins bullpen. But, I mean, you look at this Yankees lineup, and they're loaded. You look at Aaron Judge, who is more than – well, not more than likely. He will be the American League's Rookie of the Year. He's also in the running to be the AL MVP as he hit over 50 home runs this year. You also look at Starlin Castro, Gary Sanchez, Didi Gregorius is having a solid year at the plate as well as what he can do with his glove at shortstop. You look at Brett Gardner, a veteran like Matt Holliday who knows how to win a World Series as he did it in 2011 as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. You have Aaron Hicks who's scrappy. You have a veteran in Todd Frazier at third base who, you know, wants to go out there and prove himself. And, of course, the enigma in center field and Jacoby Ellsbury. So the depth is there. It just comes down to Severino giving the Yankees a quality start. Why? Because for Joe Girardi, all he really needs is six good innings out of Severino. You look at this bullpen for the Yankees. Granted, I know that they've been a little shaky coming into the postseason, but they have the ability and the potential to ratchet it up. You look at Araldis Chapman. Of course, he helped the Chicago Cubs win the World Series last year. You have Dylan Batances, and you have David Robertson. And right now, David Robertson is pitching the best out of the bunch right now. And Joe Girardi is not ashamed to have a closer by committee because his philosophy is he's going to ride the hot arm. And I wouldn't be surprised that if he went to Robertson to close out the ninth inning in this contest. Uh, but I look at it like this. I think that Minnesota – has to find a way to ride the wave of momentum because the Yankees are going to go out there for the jugular early. Yankee Stadium in the Bronx is going to be electric tomorrow night. This is the Yanks' first postseason game uh, since 2015, and that was a wild card loss to the Houston Astros. So the last thing that the Yankees want to do is go out there and exit stage right early once again in the postseason. But this time around, I do think that the Yankees do have what it takes to advance to the next round. Now, you look at the National League wildcard game, and that's going to take place on Wednesday night, and you're going to have the Colorado Rockies taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, at one point this year, the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Rockies were all neck and neck and actually trading off as far as being in first place in the NL West. And then, of course, the Dodgers went on that crazy streak. They came back down to earth late in the season, but they had built such a big lead at that point over both the Diamondbacks and the Rockies that it really did not matter. Colorado really faltered coming down the stretch, and they had to hold off the the strong charge of the Milwaukee Brewers at the end as they only were able to get this wild card spot by one game. But at the end of the day, as long as you get your hand raised, that is all that matters. And for the Rockies, we know the Colorado is going to hit. It comes down to pitching. Can they be able to do it? John Gray is going to take the mound for Bud Black and his team some, uh, on Wednesday night. 
But you look at this Rockies lineup led by a couple of NL MVP candidates, and I'm talking about third baseman Nolan Arenado and outfielder Charlie Blackman. Will they be able to carry this team? But they're going to have one of the better pitchers in baseball on the mound for that wild card game, at least the one who they're going to be facing in Arizona starting pitcher Zach Grinke. We last saw Grinke in the postseason for the Los Angeles Dodgers back in 2015. And, of course, he gave up the game-winning home run to Daniel Murphy, which allowed the New York Mets to advance to the NLCS that year. But for Grinke, he's back to being Grinke this year. We saw him leave the Dodgers last year. He went to Arizona. He got that big deal. He was hurt. He, he, he pressed a lot on the mound. And I think this time around he feels more comfortable. And the fact that Grinke has been comfortable, he's been able to set the tone for that Diamondback starting rotation. But I think that it's going to come down to Grinky and what he can do on the mound, and will he be able to shut down this very potent Colorado lineup. Now, I know Colorado, and they have a very strong lineup, and I think they're going to try to go out there and jump on Grinky before he settles into this contest. So I'll tell you like this. I would not be surprised to see Colorado on Wednesday night Anything over the plate in the first inning, even if it's the first pitch at the bat, they're going to come out there hacking because they want to try to put Arizona in that chase mode, and they want to try to rattle Zach Greinke and get to that bullpen. And I think there's going to be a big-time chess match between the Rockies lineup and Greinke on that hill. Now, if Arizona does need to go to their bullpen, you look at Fernando Rodney, who has had a one of the best seasons of his career, and he's pitching lights out as far as closing games. But I still think that Arizona is a better team, and I think Grinky will be the difference in this contest as Arizona will advance to the National League Divisional Series. Folks, as always, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626 231 Now, you look at the divisional winners, and I'm going to start off in the American League. And, of course, the Cleveland Indians have home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs based on what they were able to do in the second half of the season. Cleveland was only 47-40 and 40 at the All-Star break, and it looked like they had a World Series hangover. Remember, Cleveland was up three games to one on the Cubs in the World Series last year before everything fell apart, including them losing the Final Two contest at home. Now, for Terry Francona and his bunch, they, they kind of sleepwalked through the first half of the season before they really got it going in the second half. And like I said, Cleveland was 47-40 and 40 at the break. They went on to go 55-20 and 20 the rest of the way. And how did they do it? First and foremost, the Indians have one of, if not the best rotation in baseball right now. You look at Corey Kluber, who this season pitched like a guy who's looking to get his second American League Cy Young Award. Uh, behind him, you have Carlos Carrasco, Trevor Bauer, and Mike Clevenger. And I will take that foursome and match that up against anybody starting rotation going in Major League Baseball right now. We saw the dominance of the Indians' bullpen last year in the playoffs, and I think it's going to rear its head again with the likes of Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, who just came back from injury. He is a solid lefty, and more importantly, he is expected to become a free agent this winter. So you know this guy definitely wants to go out there and strike it big this October. You also look at Brian Shaw, Nick Goody, 
Nick Goody, excuse me, and Dan Otero in that uh, in that pin for the tribe, and they are going to come out there, and they are definitely going to come out swinging. And the Indians have a lot of pop in their lineup. You look at Francisco Landor at the top of that lineup. They picked up Edwin Encarnacion from the Toronto Blue Jays, and we saw the difference that he made for both teams because Toronto did not make the playoffs this year once they let Encarnacion go. You have Jose Ramirez, Carlos Santana, and Austin Jackson, a former New York Yankee and a Detroit Tiger who has been a solid pickup this year for the Indians, and he has the potential to be this year's Rajay Davis for them. Now, the Indians, I think, are going to face the Yankees in the American League Divisional Series. And for my money, I think it is very important for the Yankees to go out there and get game one. If the Yankees don't get game one against Cleveland, they don't win this series. And I think the thing that will work in the Yankees' favor is the fact that game one won't be played until Thursday. That's three days off for the Indians. So if you're the Yankees, you're hopeful that some of that momentum that Cleveland had during the second half of the season has been quotes by then. But, I mean, you look at this Yankees lineup, and then you look at their starting rotation. Obviously, Severino's not going to pitch game one. If I'm Joe Girardi, I would not be surprised if he goes with CC Sabathia to start game one for that series just due to the fact that CC is a veteran. Granted, he spent the majority of his career with Cleveland, but at the same time, he knows what it takes to, 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 to make it happen in October. He, he pitched for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2008, and then, of course, he helped the Yankees win a World Series in 2009. So he knows how to get it done in October, and nothing is ever going to phase him on that mound. But I look at this series, and I simply think that Cleveland is the better team. And I'm going to take the Indians to advance to the American League Championship Series in four games. Now, the other ALDS series pitched the Boston Red Sox against the Houston Astros. And it's funny because these two teams just engaged in a four-game set over the weekend at Fenway Park with the Astros taking three out of four versus Boston. But you look at Houston, they came out of the gate in April like gangbusters. Nobody was stopping them, and it was clear that they were going to run away with the American League West, which is what they did as the next closest team to Houston were the Los Angeles Angels this year, and they were 21 games out. But you look at this Astros team, and you had a good front-line starter and Dallas Keuchel, who did miss some time this year with several injuries. But I think a big factor for the Astros heading into the postseason was the fact that they were able to acquire starting pitcher Justin Verlander from the Detroit Tigers just prior to the August 31st deadline. And not only does the acquisition of Verlander give Houston more depth in their rotation, it also gives them a guy who's been there, done that. This is a guy in Verlander who was a former American League MVP he helped the Tigers reach the World Series in 2012. This guy, he's a veteran pitcher, but at the bottom, but the bottom line is when the when the bright lights of October are on, he knows how to go out there and he knows how to get it done. So I look at him and I think he's going to be a huge plus for this Astros club. You look at this lineup. Jose Altuve at second base. He is the hitting machine in the American League as he's coming off of his fourth consecutive 200-hit season, and he also has the potential to be the American League MVP this year. The Astros do have depth with uh, Marwin Gonzalez, Alex Bregman, and George Springer, just to name a few. And they'll be facing a Red Sox team 
this season that has either been extremely hot or they've been extremely cold. We know that Chris Sale is going to get the ball for Boston in game one. But, you know, Chris Sale over the last few weeks has been a little bit shaky. And I'll tell you like this. I said if the Yankees don't win game one, they're finished. I think the same thing can be said about the Boston Red Sox because once you get past Chris Sale in that rotation, it is shaky at best. So I think for Sale, he has to go out there and beat Chris Sale that we saw earlier in the season because if he's not, uh, the Red Sox don't stand a chance. I think he's going to go out there and try to overpower the Astros lineup, but I think the best thing for him is not to get too hyped up in the moment because we're talking about his first uh, October start in the postseason. Of course, he was on uh, the bad White Sox teams for so many years. And you look at this Red Sox lineup, who's going to step up? I mean, Mookie Betts had the wrist injury late in the season. Dustin Pedroia is attempting to get it back from the knee injury. Hanley Ramirez has been up and down this year. We look at the likes of Andrew Benatendi, Benatendi, excuse me, Jackie Bradley and Xander Bogarts. These guys are not giving the production that they did last year. And at some point, they've got to get it going. The Red Sox did not hit in the postseason last year either when they were swept at the hands of the Cleveland Indians. So if you're Boston, at some point, the light has to go on. But right now, I think the fact that Boston is not hitting and they have too many questions in their starting rotation behind sale, I'm going to take the Houston Astros to advance to the American League Championship Series in four games. So, folks, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. Now, moving on to the NL side, it looks like, in my opinion, it's going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks in one half of the National League Divisional Series. And, of course, these teams are very familiar with each other. And when the Dodgers went on that deep slump uh, late in the season, Arizona was one of those teams that were beating up on them because Arizona had a stretch where they took six consecutive games from the Dodgers. And I think that confidence is going to carry over to the postseason for this team. But one, one of several things that the Dodgers have working in their favor is they know that they don't have to face Zach Grinke in game one. They won't have to face him to game three due to the fact that he will get the ball for Arizona in the wild card game. So if you're the Dodgers, you get to go out there and you get Clayton Kershaw on the mound for game one. And this is a guy that definitely has something to prove because I, I know that it has, he has to be thinking about it with what uh, people have been saying about his inability to consistently get it done for the Dodgers in the postseason. Kershaw definitely is tired of getting, uh, getting it. And he's, he, he's had another uh, Cy Young award type season here in 2017. So he definitely wants to put the icing on the cake with that, with a solid outing in game number one for the Dodgers. But unlike last year, the Dodgers do have more depth in the rotation behind Kershaw. And I like the fact that they were able to acquire starting pitcher Hugh Darvish from the Texas Rangers just prior to the deadline. And this is a guy that knows how to go out there and get it done. He's a power arm. He's a big pitcher. And, and teams know now that they simply cannot just get past Kershaw and have their way with the Dodgers rotation. Now, Alex Wood was lights out this season for the Dodgers in the regular season, but obviously the postseason 
and the regular season are two different things. Will it be able to transfer? That is the big question. The Dodgers' young stars have to step up. Cody Bellinger more than likely is going to be the National League Rookie of the Year, but now it's time to do it on the big stage of October. You look at Corey Seager, he's been solid. Justin Turner, I think, will be and have a big impact for the Dodgers in this season, as will second baseman Chase Utley. This is a guy who knows what it takes to win. You just go back to 2008 when he helped the Philadelphia Phillies win the World Series. I mean, I look at the Diamondbacks, and I, I like the acquisition of J.D. Martinez just prior to the trade deadline from the Tigers. They also have Paul Goldschmidt, and I've said it for several years. If Paul Goldschmidt played in a bigger market, he would be a household name due to what he's able to do at the plate. But I simply don't think that the, that the Diamondbacks have what it takes. Yes, they had a lot of confidence from what they were able to do coming down the stretch versus the Dodgers. But I think, granted, a lot of those games for the last week or so for the Dodgers in the regular season were against the San Diego Padres. But they were able to get some confidence and get back on a winning track. And I think finally for them getting over the 100-win plateau was big for them. And I think L.A. is really going to have the ability to turn it back up. And I think the Dodgers advanced to the National League division, uh, Championship Series rather in four games. Now, the other NLDS series is going to pit the Washington Nationals against the Chicago Cubs. And for Washington, they had themselves another dominant regular season as they went 97 and 65, and they won the NL East by 20 games. But you know what? For the Nationals, it's the same old song. It's been there, done that. We saw this team win the NL East last year. They lost to the Dodgers in the first round. We saw them win the NL East in 2014, and they lost in the first round. We saw them win the NL East in 2012 and they lost in the first round. So at some point, Washington has to go out there and take care of business. And on top of that, every time that Washington lost, they had home field advantage. So for manager Dusty Baker, he has to try to go out there and get the, get the best out of his team and then some. However, it is going to be tougher than usual. Why? Bryce Harper just came back to this lineup from that knee injury, and I'm not completely sold that he's 100% right now. Now, when Bryce Harper is healthy, obviously you're talking about one of the better players in the game. But his timing is not there at the plate. And it will be interesting to see if the Chicago Cubs will be able to take advantage of that. Also, Max Scherzer is dealing with a hamstring injury. And if Max Scherzer can't be the dominant guy on the mound for the Nats, they don't stand a chance. Now, I know that Washington does have some depth behind Scherzer in the rotation with Steven Strasburg and Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez has been shaky, and Steven Strasburg has always been an injury away from shutting it down. So they are definitely, uh, pitching-wise, in trouble if Scherzer is not healthy. Now, aside from Bryce Harper, you have Daniel Murphy, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, Anthony Rendon, a veteran, and Howie Kendrick, and Trey Turner in this Nationals lineup. But the bottom line is, will they be able to get it done? They're facing the defending World Series champions in the Chicago Cubs. Chicago went 92-70 and 70 this year to win the NL Central by six games. And honestly, the race should not have been that close. I said it in spring training, and I said it throughout the season. If the Cubs listened to everybody who told them how good they were in the offseason, if they believed their press clippings, and if they didn't understand that they now had a target on their back, they were in for a fight. 
And the Cubs, I, I don't think they understood that fully at times. And you looked at everybody who took the Cubs as their World Series this year, and they had to really dig and fight and scrap and claw in order to hold off both the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals in the NL Central for the top spots. But you look at this Cubs team under manager Joe Madden has kind of been there, done that. Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant are not having the seasons that they did last year, but both of these guys still have the potential to get hot in a hurry. I think one guy to look out for on this Cubs lineup in the postseason is going to be outfielder John Jay. John Jay's been there and done that. You know, he for so many years he was a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. And if you watch the St. Louis Cardinals, especially once they get to the postseason, they always put 25 guys out there who are going to go out there and simply do whatever it takes to win. And John Jay has that type of mentality. And you need a few guys on your team like that when October rolls around. Now, the Cubs pitching has not been as dominant as it was last year with the likes of Jake Arrieta, John Lester, and John Lackey. However, I think that this team does have the ability to ratchet it up a little bit now that October is here. You look at Wade Davis, who Joe Madden can give the uh, baseball to in the ninth inning. This guy helped the Kansas City Royals win the World Series uh, two years ago, and I think he has the potential to be a, have a lights-out October once again. I think this is going to be another underachieving October for the Nationals, and thus I'm going to take the Cubs to get past them in five games. Folks, as always, the call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. Now, I see the American League Championship Series coming down to the Houston Astros and the Cleveland Indians. And if Cleveland can get past the Yankees, I don't see any way that the Houston Astros can stop them, just due to the fact that Cleveland's pitching right now has been so dominant. You look at Houston, and I like the acquisition of Justin Verlander, but Corey Kluber is pitching like a guy who's ready to win another Cy Young Award. I've talked about the depth behind him in the starting rotation. I've talked about the depth in Cleveland's bullpen, and these guys just simply go out there and do whatever it takes. Thus, I think the Indians get back to the World Series, and I'm going to take Cleveland to advance in six games. Now, on the NL side, you look at the Cubs and the Dodgers once again, and, I mean, this is make or break time for the Dodgers. What do you do? I mean, you've this, this is your fifth straight NL West title, and you still have not been uh, able – to advance through the World Series since 1988, which is also the last time that you won it, uh, somebody has to step up and make a play. Will Clayton Kershaw be able to put the ills behind him? Will you Darvish be able to do it on the big stage? Will some of their youngsters be able to do it in their lineup? I'm not sure. Uh, I think the Dodgers, I think they're going to be a little bit more focused than they were last year as far as getting to uh, the National League Championship Series versus the Cubs. But I think the Cubs still have that October magic in them. And I'm going to take Chicago to get past the Dodgers in seven games. Then you look at the World Series, and it's going to be a rematch of last year's uh, fall classic between the Cubs and the Indians. And I think the Indians know that they let one get away from them last year. And, you know, they've been focused all year long. I mean, granted, 
like I said, they were sleepwalking during the first half of the season, but they have really gotten it going. And it's all about which team can get the hottest in the month of October. And typically, you know, we, we see uh, uh, some teams who will get hot over the last three or four weeks of the season, but Cleveland's been hot over the last six or seven. So, I mean, they like I said, they went 55-20 and 20 during the second half of the season, and, and included in that was a 22-game winning streak. And I think this team is out there for unfinished business, and I think they have what it takes to get past the Cubs this time. And I think um, because of that, I think the Cleveland Indians will win it all this time in six games. So, folks, that is going to wrap it up tonight. And as always, I want to take this time out to thank you for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge show on blogtalkradio.com. I hope that you have the opportunity to sit down and really enjoy the postseason in Major League Baseball because I think it is set up to be very, very spectacular. Now, as for me, I'll be right back on the air this Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, as I will be recapping the action from week number five in the National Football League season. Now, if you're on Twitter, please feel free to follow me at 300 Pounds of Sports. And like I always say, if you follow me, it will be my pleasure to follow you right back. Also, there is the Facebook page at 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge. You can check it out and you are more than welcome to like it as well. You can continue to check me out on 300poundsofsportsknowledge.com, where I fancy myself as being the total sports package for the total fan. Today I put up a podcast about the New York Mets and how they botched their departure with longtime manager Terry Collins. As always, much love to 150 pounds of sports knowledge. She knows who she is, and without her, none of this good stuff that you are hearing is possible. And as always, much love to my wonderful daughter, Penelope. It is always a pleasure to see her grow and grow and develop and and develop on a daily basis. So once again, fine folks, my name is William Martin. Take care, have a wonderful night, and thanks once again for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show here on (laughs) blogtalkradio.com. 